This is Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. Get ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Thank you for joining us on another edition of the Music Mania Podcast. I am your host, Clint Schweitzer. Your money stays and plays with us right here because you know the songs. On this show, we tell you the stories, and this summer marks the return of the snake. White Snake is back out on the road after not touring in 2017. They're going to be opening for Foreigner on this summer's Jukebox Heroes Tour. It's going to be a massive lineup, uh, also featuring Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience. You're going to be hearing uh, a couple hours of major rock hits on this tour, hitting big venues all over the country starting on June 15th this week. Uh, It's going to all be starting for the Jukebox Heroes Tour. So we're going to be talking with White Snake guitarist Joel Hoekstra on this show, talking about his involvement with White Snake. He's been in the band four years now. Uh, going to be discussing the band's upcoming album, Flesh and Blood, which got pushed back until February. We're going to be talking to him about uh, what happened there, why the album got pushed back. Also, the fact that he tours with Cher, also Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Joel Hoekstra, one of the busier guys in rock, man. He is everywhere, and he's been in White Snake uh, for four years now, and he's going to talk about... You know, just how much fun David Coverdale is having with this version of the band. You talk about great musicianship. Guys like Michael Devon, um, you know, Reb Beach as the as the other guitarist. Reb Beach has been in the band about 15 years now. And of course, the incomparable Tommy Aldridge on drums, one of the great rock drummers. White Snake has always featured some of the great musicians in hard rock, and it's uh, no different in 2018. Of course, you think back to some of the great guitarists that have gone through there. Guys like John Sykes, Doug Aldridge, John, uh, David Coverdale. You know, he works with the best, and uh, that's what you see here. That's what this tour is going to be, and of course, it's all going to kind of point towards their album being released um, early next year, and then probably a lot of touring from White Snake uh, off of that album. But this is going to give you a little taste. The greatest hits are going to be presented here at the Jukebox Heroes Tour on tour with Foreigner. Uh, It's going to be a great bill. Look forward to that hitting Kansas City here on July 17th. And because this show is too big for just one guest, we are also going to be joined by the enigmatic Jesse Blaze Snyder. Yes, the son of Twisted Sister frontman D. Snyder going to be joining us to talk about uh, everything, all of his endeavors, his musical career, his new uh, graphic novel that he's trying to get made, which is called King of Kings. Uh, kind of a satire. I mean, it's awesome. I've checked this out. Jesse blaze.com you could check out kind of the concept and, and some of the artwork done on this thing it's going to be awesome he's got his dad uh, in one of the promo videos uh, d snyder's playing the part of odin uh it's just awesome stuff jesseblaze.com so we're going to ha- uh, in our second segment going to be joined by jesse blaze snyder so a lot of big things coming up here so excited about this show uh before we do that i've got to tell you about Our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. I bought 95% of the music that I still own today from CD Warehouse in Gladstone. Guys, they buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, and more. You can catch them on Antioch Road in Gladstone, guys, for over 20 years. There is nothing like the record store experience. Keep that alive. Go see my buddy Randy Ringer at CD Warehouse. They will give you a discount, or it's on us. Hey, Clint. Joel, man, how's it going, my friend? It's going great. Thank you for switching over the phone for me. Oh, no problem. It's funny. I think the last time we had you on Skype, you were somewhere in Norway or something, and it was uh, just kind of funny thinking back. It's been a couple years now, though, and uh, been busy since. Man, how's everything been going? Uh, I know you've been out there doing a lot of different projects, man, so I hope all's well. Everything's great, man. Thank you. Well, yeah. I did have one big disappointment. I tell you, I went to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra for the first time this December, and um, it just happened to be one of the, the, the days you were somewhere else. 
So I was like, oh, no, 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 you saw the West, you saw the West band. Yep. There's two bands out simultaneously. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. So you, you know, that's a, that's a common thing with that, that people get <laughs> like, Hey, I thought you were trying to do an orchestra. So I'll do it. And, and, and it's an awesome show. And it was my first time. And you know, it's so much, it's just wonderful. And I know that, uh, you know, you've been a part of it and I know that you're, it's a, it's a big thing for you. And I, I, I loved it, man. I loved, uh, I loved everything about it. So it's, it reinvigorated my love for Christmas music, I think. So hope, hopefully it, it does the same for you and doesn't lean you in the other direction playing it playing that every night during the during the winter uh it doesn't do anything in that regard to me it's just i just enjoy doing the gig you know more than anything it's like it, it's tradition for me at this point man i've been doing it since 2010 so uh it's like not christmas without doing tso for me at this point <laughs> I, so I, I next next time i'm gonna have to get to get to one of the ones you're at no no doubt next uh, next winter but you got a lot going on uh of course in between right now probably uh i'm, I'm guessing in, in in the middle of rehearsals for this uh, for the upcoming um tour with white snake and foreigner a lot of press a lot of positive press about this so far, Joel. This is a big tour for White Snake uh, and, and a big tour for Foreigner. This is going to be fun, man. You got dates starting up here. Uh, I think the tour starts this week, man. So a lot of excitement going on for that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just just wrapped rehearsals here in LA. I'm the last one in the room because I'm going straight to LAX from here and taking a red eye. So yeah, we just wrapped rehearsals, and the reason being is it takes you know the gear now has to make its way across the country to Maine where the tour is going to start. We've been in LA rehearsing, so we got to give the gear a few days to get out there to Maine, and then we fire it up on June 15, man. So yep, yeah, yep. Jason Bonham, White Snake, Foreigner, not a bad bill. This is this is a great bill, and just kind of you know you you know wrapping rehearsals and just kind of talk about what kind of a, a set that uh, that the fans can kind of expect from White Snake, of course, uh, going on before Foreigner on this tour. Uh, you know, kind of length of time. What are you guys looking at right now? And I think David Coverdale had talked about uh, on the Eddie Trunk show that you know for this one, you know, kind of more of a, of a greatest hit set, especially since uh, the new album uh, didn't come out uh, quite yet. So, just kind of talk about what kind of a set uh, fans can expect from White Snake this summer. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought the sixty minute. So, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're aiming for recognizable stuff. <laughs> so I can't necessarily comment on the specifics of it, you know, until the tour gets underway. But, uh, yeah, people can expect, I mean, it's called the Jukebox Heroes Tour. So I think people are, you know, hoping to hear songs that they know. And between Jason Bonham playing the Zeppelin stuff and us playing our hits and Foreigner playing their hits, you know, it's a, easily a night where somebody can know every single song throughout the entire night, which is very rare. Well, I was pretty much counting on you revealing the set list here on the show joel song for song i was i was counting on it and uh, now I don't, know what, I don't know where to go now yeah <laughs> no problem man you know what i'll do is i'll send you a jpeg i'm actually looking at the set list right now here on the awesome. floor so i'll take a picture of it and send it to you and you can just post it and then i'll be following before the tour begins so yeah, you, the, the blood will be off your hands yeah absolutely i you know and i'm, I'm so excited to see to see uh white snake on this and and i tell you you know talk also about you know uh, about foreigner because i tell you what foreigner is a band that has almost had to rebuild themselves as a band of course um you know without lou graham in the band without a lot of the original members here they are they've worked hard they started off opening on like def leppard tours and you know going on first between sticks and def leppard now here they are headlining um these these big venues talk about you know talk about what foreigner i mean jeff pilson's a good friend of the shows kelly hansen on vocals are just a really a, a monster group at this point and i know you know those guys pretty well man yeah, I mean, I, I filled in for Mick Jones in 2011 when he was sick, so I've actually played played with them yeah, briefly, you right. know, to, to help out. And so, uh, yeah, they're all good friends of mine. And, you know, look, the, well, most of these guys have been in the band way longer than the original members were. So, yeah. I mean, it's it, it gets to the point where it's like, what, why are people complaining about that? I know they're an incredible sounding lineup. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a really some of the best musicians on the on the uh, on the scene in that band. And you know, especially I mean, you named two of them right there. I mean, Kelly Hansen is just kind of like from another planet in terms of what he's doing with uh, delivering that material. So, you know, it's going to be great to be out with those guys. They're great guys too. I mean, so like you know, from a friendship perspective, but obviously a musical perspective here and there. Um, you know, play great every night. It's going to be a pleasure. Well, White Snake. I mean, from dating back to their, you know, the inception of White Snake uh, forty years ago, 
Uh, David Coverdale has done nothing but work with the best musicians in rock. I mean, you think about how many wonderful musicians have come through the White Snake camp and guitarists, uh, you know, guys like John Sykes. I mean, you think about, you know, the band that exists now with, with yourself and Red Beach, what a guitar tandem that is. Tommy Aldrich, literally one of the greatest drummers in rock history, my favorite drummer ever. Uh, Michael Devin. I mean, you guys talk about just this cohesive group. You guys have been together now. I think you've been in there for, for uh, about four or four or five years. Talk about this band, this group of White Snake here, because I mean, it's always uh, always such a good band, man. It's cool. It's a great mixture of, of people. You know, you got uh, you know Michele Lupia, the keyboard player, is all the way from Italy, and you know White Snake's his favorite band. This was like his dream to be in this band. So his level of enthusiasm is like off the charts, and you know that's a great balance when you got guys who've been in the band for a long time or around like you know Reb is actually the longest standing member of Whitesnake at this point in time I think he's in year like 14 or 15 of being in this band uh, so longest uh, member of Whitesnake in history I believe he's been in the band longer than anybody um next to David, of course, you know, so, uh, you know, those guys have been around a long time, and not that they're not enthusiastic, but it's cool, I think, to have guys like, you know, Michaela around, or myself, who's pretty new, just kind of excited to be here, and uh, we, we all kind of come from slightly different schools musically, but we got this camaraderie that we all just get together and laugh and laugh, I mean, it's like the, the funniest band I've ever been a part of, our, our, our band bus is just absolutely nothing but laughs the entire way. So we get along fantastic, and that goes a long way. That usually tends to go a lot further than guys who like the same bands or something or have the same exact musical taste. So uh, we just we mesh really well. I think that's cool, and a lot, you know, a lot of musicians I talk to, you know, especially veteran bands, you know, like White Snake, and uh, you know, you yourself have been around a long time and played with a lot of musicians, and it's almost like at this stage of your career, you've earned the right to be around people that you enjoy being around and to be in bands that you that you have good camaraderie with. I think that's really cool and really important at this stage, especially you know, a veteran band like White Snake that's been around. Fans, you know, expect certain things: high musicianship, great shows. You know, David Coverdale, one of the great vocalists. It just has got to be kind of cool at this stage to go around uh, hanging out with people you like. That's a, that's got to be a good coup for you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, David likes to surround himself with people that he enjoys being around too. It's not just about uh, necessarily how you play or you know. I mean, he he wants guys that are friendly and get along. I think at this stage of the game, I mean, I always tell him it's like, well, David, are you you. You definitely deserve that at this stage of yeah. the game, you know? A bunch of guys who are going to keep drama out of his, his camp, you know? I mean, can you imagine how old that must get is somebody like David who's been around for, you know, I don't know how many years now, 45 years or whatever? Yeah. Uh, so, some, something like that. I mean, what that must be like to get out on the road with, the, you know, prima donnas who are griping and, and pissing and moaning and infighting. So, I mean, the fact that he's got a camp here, a band where everybody gets along so great, I think it's really important. I mean, I, I think really that's why he's still going because uh, he was honoring retirement with uh, the Purple Album and making that his last thing. And I think when he got on the, on the road with this lineup, he just had so much fun that he wanted to keep going. That is so cool, and you know, I, I you know, it's been uh, kind of well documented. The album uh, "Flesh and Blood." Um, David was disappointed that that didn't uh, come out in time to, to coincide with with this summer tour. Um, it's supposed to, you know, now come out uh, in in February. Kind of talk about that. I know there were some uh, maybe some technical difficulties that happened. I mean, is it is, is it a disappointment for you guys, uh, or is it just kind of one of those deals gives you an opportunity to to kind of build up through this tour and then look into the future to do that, and then hopefully, you know, a headlining tour to come off of that uh, when that comes out. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's a that's a it's disappointing that it's not out, and we're all eager to get it out. But at the same time, like it, it's actually going to be a blessing in disguise because I think next year we're looking at a really long, you know, lengthy tour and, and a world tour, not just a, a two months run with Foreigner. So uh, it, it's obviously from a business perspective going to make more sense to have it coincide with that. So. Uh, you know, while in the, the short run it's disappointing and everybody's kind of eager to get it out there because, you know, the label is very happy with it and all the songs and, and, uh, it sounds really great, but it's, you know, obviously from, uh, from a business standpoint, it is going to make more sense to have it come out early next year. So it'll be a blessing. And how important is this album for you, you know, being a part of the recording, being a part of, uh, you know, perhaps the writing and, and everything that goes into it, for you to establish yourself, you know, in this band, you know, four years in, you talked about Reb being in there for uh, for over a decade, and some of the, this kind of solidifies you as a member of White Snake, you know, to be, be on an album like this. I mean, that's got to be a big deal for you personally. 
Uh, well, every step of my career is a big deal for me. You know, I mean, it's you never want to let the fans down or let yourself down in any regard with this. You know, you try and always have a positive attitude that, uh, you know, we're blessed to be able to do a job that we enjoy and get the opportunity to make music and have fun for a living. And so I, I always give it my all regardless of what I'm approaching in, in my career. So, uh, you know, you don't want to put pressure on yourself with that. So I, I really kind of don't. It's just it's just a matter of making sure that you're giving it your all, and that sounds like a sporting a sports cliche, uh, but it, but it's true. You know, you you want to make sure you're giving it everything you have with, with everything you do in music. Well, yeah, you know that bleeds over into what I want to talk about next, which is uh, here in August in Atlantic City, you have some shows coming up with Share. I was not even aware of your involvement uh, with her. Talk about how that gig came about, because you know Share, you know one of the biggest recording artists, you know, perhaps of all time, female for sure. Here you are, you got a couple dates, August uh, 17th and 18th in Atlantic City. Talk about how you got kind of involved, uh, you know, playing with Cher and, and what, what it's like with her. You talk about people that you get along with. Hopefully, hopefully she's one of them, right? I mean, she, she always seemed cool to me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that situation has a lot more to do with getting along with the music director and the band guys and impressing them than it does her but uh she's great you know it's very limited interaction it's not like you know i'm hanging out with her on weekends you know she took us all to the movies one night which is fun uh but it's uh you know that kind of came about through knowing white sink wasn't going to tour in 2017 and just putting out texts and emails to you know my colleagues in the business and then my friend justin Derrico, who plays with tank and plays on the voice recommended me to Dave Barry, who also plays on The Voice, and he uh, was Sherry's guitar player for a long time, and uh, so it was supposed to be just one run at the beginning to fill in for him, and then Dave just got more and more busy with The Voice, and I just kind of became the guy as that went. Um, so as of now, I'm kind of the, the first call guy on all the, the gigs, and so after the Atlantic City thing, she's doing a five-week arena tour in Australia, which is cool uh, to be a part of that. Uh, so it's really turned out to be a huge blessing and kind of one of those things out of left field that you never thought you'd be doing, but I'm actually having fun. That's so awesome. And, you know, I tell you, we, um, now that I think about it, we had Michael Sweet from Striper on about a month ago and, uh, he was talking about doing an album with you and, uh, how he was just so excited for this project and said it was just, you know, I think he literally said the words, it's going to be the best album he's ever done. I think that was the words he used. Talk about that project and uh, what it's like working with Michael and what this thing's gonna gonna kind of be and what the process has been with this one. Yeah, I'm just trying to you know move forward with several uh, projects that are just kind of you know irons in the fire at this stage of the game and and the mic the album with Michael is is very much just that at this stage of the game. But as soon as our schedules open up and we can get together and, and do it, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen and we're on the same page in terms of just wanting to make a cool classic rock record and. Uh, He's a great guy. He's just super talented and a very nice guy, and that's exactly what I like to surround myself with. Well, and you had your own project, uh, Joel Holster 13. Uh, that album, the last one, uh, Dying to Live, came out in uh, 2017. So I guess I guess I'll ask the same question again. What, kind of what's going on with uh, Joel Hoekster's 13? You had some amazing musicians on this. Uh, of course, uh, Jeff Scott Soto, who's been on the show before. Vinny Apice, also uh, a former guest. You had Tony Franklin. I mean, you had so many musicians come in and do this. Um, that was a big deal for you. And what do you see moving forward for Joel Hoekster's 13? Uh, it's hard to say at this stage of the game. I mean, I tried to get a follow-up done a couple of times, a uh, deal for a follow-up with Frontiers, and it just hasn't come together. You know, I, I think it's just tough on both sides to justify it at this stage of the game. So, uh, just playing a little bit of the waiting game, I guess, for this for now. Uh, but obviously, uh, very happy to have made that album and had the opportunity to do all the writing and everything, all the words and all the melodies and, and everything on that album. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was a nice feather in the cap to be able to get that out and, and have it be under my name and everything. And, uh, so who knows, man, you never know, but I'm always trying to move forward creatively, not just, uh, doing gigs, you know, that's, that's just the stuff that gets advertised or put up on my website. I mean, when I'm always back in the hotel room, I'm always working on writing or getting projects moving. So um, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the works. 
Well, it's a good spot to be in for you, having uh, you know steady gigs with bands that are established, and then being able to have the creativity and the uh, you know the the ability. I don't know about that. I almost said the time. I really don't know where you find time to do a lot of this stuff. I don't know. I don't know how you found time to do this interview, Joel. You've got so much going on, man. It's kind of crazy. It's a it's a good problem to have, though. I'd say, right? Yeah, hey, I don't know. I mean, people people say that often, but you know, you, you think about it, it's like no. I mean, we're on tour with White Snake. We do four or five shows a week or something this summer with foreigners. So there's there's three, two or three days off a week in there, and they're true. There's travel, but there's still opportunity to get work done. And especially when you're not home, I I have kids at home, so when I'm home, it's actually harder because <laughs> I'm I'm with the kids all day, and then music has to start at about eight at night. So it's whatever kind of I have left in the tank at that point. So um, the share thing is really easy for that because it's just residencies, you know, in Vegas, like a little over three weeks, and you only do three shows a week. So I've got four days off a week out there. So it's it, it's people say, man, you're always working with it. It's like not really. That's kind of easy. <laughs> so I, I take it upon myself to get other stuff done. I mean, I, I'd like to think I can work more than three, like, two-hour shows in a week and, <laughs> and not be talking about how exhausted I am, right? Yeah, so. yeah. It's funny. We just had Jeff Tate on, for uh, former Queensryche singer, and he, he just said that, you know, it isn't so much the, the shows themselves. It's just the travel. That's the full-time gig of it is the, the travel and the, the shows. Like, we get paid to travel. We just we do the shows for free. <laughs> so that, That's exactly right. That's kind yeah, of the yeah. funny the part. The travel is the hard part. So you take that out of the equation with the share thing, it, it sure. does make it a lot easier for sure. That, that's awesome, and uh, we're definitely going to be looking forward to that. And I, you know, before we let you go, you know, just looking at uh, at this upcoming tour, and so excited to see uh, you guys on on stage with uh, with the Mighty Foreigner and Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience is, is awesome. If anyone's a fan of of Led Zeppelin, um, talk about David Coverdale because here's a guy like we we talked about him being in the business for over forty years and all that he's done with with Deep Purple, uh, with White Snake. He's uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now as a, as a member of Deep purple the mock three lineup here he is you talked about eyeing retirement a few years ago here he is at age 66 with a wonderful voice one of the most recognizable one of the great voices in rock history um the orchestrator of this wonderful band this wonderful machine of white snake just talk about david uh, as a performer as a singer as a songwriter as a person because i find him hilarious and i just think he's just an all-time classic person and and uh, and rock performer yeah, David. In my experience, in this uh, my time in the band has, has been great. Uh, he's great to work for, or work with. He likes me to say, but realistically, he's the boss. So I always say I'm working for him. But uh, he's been awesome, man. You know, he's lots of fun. He loves to hang and be one of the guys when we're working. Uh, so he's all about the laughs. And then every once in a while, you got to remind yourself, like, oh yeah. This guy has worked with Jimmy Page and Richie Blackmore and, like, who the heck am I, you know? So, um, it's great to get that opportunity. And so, you know, anytime I work with veteran musicians, it's always sort of picking their brain in terms of what you can learn from them and, and how you can use that to build upon yourself and, and uh, make yourself more successful because uh, they're, they're where they are for a reason. Um, and David got where he got because, you know, it's obviously immensely talented, but very charming, witty guy, and, and great with people, and uh, so all those things played into it. It wasn't just the fact that he sang amazing. Um, so he's he's definitely a great dude. I'm uh, grateful for my time in this band so far, and and uh, hope to hope to continue on for a while. Yeah, most certainly, and I tell you what, Joel, guys, uh, the website is joelhoekstra.com. You can get all the info on on the White Snake tour, uh, the share dates, and everything else going on uh, with Joel. And there's uh, always something, always something in the works. Uh, Joel, it's uh, it's been a couple years, man. We can't thank you enough. I tell you what, we'll catch you here in Kansas City. I believe that it's uh, July 17th. And uh, if you or the band is uh, up for any good barbecue, hit me up. I've got uh, some great places. Uh, if you're if you're into barbecue, I know you're a New York guy, but out here in the Midwest. Oh no, 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 no. I I did a sit down gig in Kansas City for like a month or two and I remember eating it. I went to all the big places. What's the place where they serve it on the trays? That, that's Gates. Um, that's got to be Gates. Gates Barbecue. Gates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gates Barbecue. So there was like a few uh, really popular ones right in that area, right yep. by the uh, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think what it was. The downtown area, I guess it was called, right? Yeah, yeah, down uh, right down there. There's a couple. There's Gates. There's Joe's. Uh, it's just, it's uh, yeah, it's an it's 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 Kansas City's thing, I guess. That's that's what we have. Fountains. I had them all when I was there, man. I, I checked them all out, and it, there was definitely great barbecue there for sure. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, Joel. We'll look forward to, to having you here. Maybe we'll have time to to come back and say hello. It's uh, it's been awesome having you on these times. We can't thank you enough for for being part of the show and really, you know, just helping us helping us out and helping us. Uh, you know, get to re- where we want to go, which is interviewing some of the, the great musicians in rock, man, and that includes you, so we can't thank you enough. Well, likewise, brother, man. That goes right back at you. Thanks for the support, and thanks for the exposure and all that good stuff. I, t- I totally appreciate it. Man. Always, so, man. We'll see you in Kansas City yeah. here in, a, in about a month. Uh, best of luck, and we'll be, we'll be watching, man. Thanks a lot. Great. Thank you, Clint. Thanks a lot, Joel. Appreciate it. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Well, it was great to catch up with our guy, Joel Hoekstra, and can't wait to catch up with him uh, when they get to Kansas City for the Jukebox Heroes Tour with Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Experience. Uh, And of course, uh, Foreigner, what a tour that's going to be. A night of hits, a night of arena rock hits, and that's uh, all you can ask for on a a summer tour. It's going to be great here in Kansas City, July 17th. So be sure to go to joelhoekstra.com to check out all the info on Joel, uh, all the projects he's, uh, he's, he's done and that he's up to. He's got a lot going on. Can't wait to hear this album with he and uh, Michael Sweet from Striper. That's going to be really cool. A uh, huge fan of Michael's. He's been on this show now a couple of times as well. Just a pleasure to have you here on the Music Mania Podcast and interview a couple years in the making. We've talked before. It's 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 a great time now to bring you on with the project you have coming up. This is an ambitious one, an ambitious project, if I may say so myself. I was just checking out uh, the the early some of the early stuff you sent me on this graphic novel. It's called King of Kings. Um, it's going to be 160 pages. First off, before we get into some of the the specifics. Where where did you come up with the concept for this? I know you. This has been a passion of yours for many years. Just kind of lay the groundwork for for how this thing came about. Well, I tell you what, it's really interesting, you know. And I'll, I'll tell a, a quick a quick story to kind of like put it put it into some spec perspective for people. Like, it's, uh, you know, this is really like a dream project for me. Um, and it was not my like it was it wasn't my initial idea. Um, you know, you ever hear that story about the guy who's like stuck in the flood and the flood's coming and he's on his roof and he's praying to God and God sends him a, a rowboat and then a bigger boat and then a helicopter and he's like, nah, God's going to save me. And he gets up to heaven and he's like, hey God, you made me look like a fool. I told everybody you're going to save me. What the hell? And he's like, I sent a boat and a bigger boat and a helicopter. What, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there's some truth to that. Like in the past, you know, I'd always tried to like, go out and like make my own destiny and make my own plans. But so much of life is just kind of capitalizing on opportunities when they come along. And um, Mark Fulton uh, was a writer. He was writing uh, Hawkman for DC at the time and uh, Evangeline and a couple other cool books. And uh, he just, uh, you know, just approached me uh, at, you know, at random kind of, uh, you know, said, Hey, um, I, I like your work and uh, you seem like a nice guy. And uh, I got this idea for a book but it's like kind of about music and I don't really know anything about music. And I was like, all right, well, we'll meet up at New York Comic-Con and we'll talk about it. So he's, he pitched me on a book called Odin and the Gods of Rock, which was going to be Odin and company, his kid's band, you know, like that basically is like a behind the music on like, you know, where it went wrong or whatever. And the first thing I said to him was, can we make Jesus the bad guy? <laughs> and he said, he said, Okay, and he laughed, and I was like, "All right, you know, like if you laugh at that, like I'm down, like uh, you know." And really, it blossomed into what is just a dream project for me. I mean, you know, one of my biggest influences as a as a creative person is Monty Python, and um, you know, uh, just very quickly, I just wanted to bring to life, you know, that Terry Gilliam God, you know, that you see. Uh, occasionally in the in the uh, Monty Python, uh, you know, did, um, you know, of just like, you know, really just to bring that to life, this sort of silly notion that we have of God and these silly notions that we have about religion. You know, I'm a, I, it's funny, when we started the book, I was an atheist, and uh, but I was an atheist who's like, you know, a follower of Christ and a follower of Buddha, you know, like, I'm a turn-the-other-cheek guy, and, you know, I think those, those are all great people that are worth, uh, you know, emulating. I just don't believe in the dogma associated with them, you know, or at least I, I didn't, well, I still don't really believe in the dogma, but I didn't really believe in much of, like, the magic or anything associated with them as well. Um, but I separately kind of had, like, a bit of a spiritual awakening um, due to 
like depression and body pain issues and stuff and trying to get over that stuff. While I was researching this book and writing it for the past like seven years, I mean, you know, it's been a lot of dancing around, co-writing, you know, uh, Mark's in Jersey, I'm out here, you know, everybody's all over the country. So, so some of the prep and design work and uh, writing of the scripts and stuff took a while, um, especially to get it right. Um, but, um, but it was amazing, you know, to go from like a really abstract idea of everything that I was looking at as I was researching to, to sort of, uh, an idea where I was like, eh, some of this may be true. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, That's great. That's great. And you got, you got a couple, uh, you got you got some promo videos on this thing that I've seen, which is hilarious. One of which is you as Jesus, which you kind of mentioned earlier, and the other which uh, is is your dad D. Snyder as Odin. Uh, great look for him, by the way, and great look as Jesus for you. Those great great promo videos, man. I'd loved them. Thank you. Yeah, he nailed it. It was so funny. You know, when you're doing a comic book, it's like you know you can do like still images and stuff. And we're actually finishing our final video. This was kind of like our our two pre we our two pre pre-sale weeks or whatever prior to like our press release and stuff which goes up next next week uh, and our final video which is like our behind the scenes stuff but um, you know we wanted to do stuff that was a little bit more fun because we felt like the comic book uh, you know is really for a much larger audience than just the comic book audience you know it, it's really for people who love music it's for people who love you know conversation about difficult subjects and like to laugh about the stuff that so many people try to like make sacrosanct and, and make hard to uh, have a conversation about you know the reality is, is so much of these religions they're, they're, they're all the same you know I mean like if I took a bunch of uh, quotes from Muhammad you know out of context and I just told them to you and I tried to tell you who said this Jesus or Muhammad you'd be really surprised about a lot of the things that he said. There are other contexts in which, you know, people will then frame the thing of like, well, yeah, but he's saying that he wants to hurt the infidels, whatever else. Yeah, a lot of the religions are formed in a certain amount of fear um, for different beings or people or whatever. And um, But all of the religions have those aspects, you know, to some degree. And, um, you know, we can't focus on that. You know, if you're trying to make a relationship work, you know, and I think the, we want to make the planet work, you know, you, you can't focus on the problems. you got to focus on all your common ground, and, and you got to, you know, move your conversation forward to new ideas. And I think the more we have that positive conversation, and I really hope this is a positive conversation starter, you know, it's not meant to be bitter. You know, th- there are some real reasons to be bitter if you're a Norse, a religion person. I mean, you know, people were tortured and killed in the name of Jesus Christ, and Jesus never would have friggin' went for that in a million years. And, uh, you know, there are reasons to be upset about these things, but we've chosen not to, like, be upset. We've chosen to laugh about it a little bit and just go, ha, 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 yeah, it was a little long ago. But these things, you know, these things happened, and, and this is kind of stupid. You know, this isn't what Jesus would do, and, you know, this isn't really, you know, we aren't all caricatures of ourselves. You know, there's much deeper things going on here. When you get down to it, they're all very similar kind of things that they're trying to accomplish. You know, togetherness, bring together the community, empower their community, um, and protect the community from whatever forces they think may be uh, opposed to their best interest. And this is just something that we all do, and we can't demonize each other, you know, for doing it. Well, I think this is hilarious, and I just going through what I've seen so far in the previews and the illustrations are unbelievable. And I know you've been doing this a long, you know, for a long time, and I know that you've been uh, interested in, in, in kind of in, in this kind of art and comic books and things like that, and you've been doing it a while. But uh, also, oh, yeah, you got, well, you, and you've got an Indiegogo going on right now too, to where you can help back this thing. Talk about how people can get involved and in, in backing the project and some of the cool stuff they can get if they uh, if they donate to the campaign. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've written for Marvel and DC and Disney Pixar and the Muppets and stuff, and, uh, you know, I I was very frustrated with the system, and I went out of my way to make this, you know, the greatest kind of project I could make, um, you know, uh, and do it the right way. And we were funding it ourselves uh, completely, I mean, I was, um, until I had a a fire that took out my office at the end of last year. And then it was just a bit of a, too much of a strain on my family to keep uh, going. So we're like two-thirds of the way done, and to, you know, go to print and do all these cool, fun things that we want to do, we need 50K to uh, raise. I think we've got like, um, we're getting close to like 10,000 right now. And um, and uh, we got a lot of cool perks. We're doing a really cool uh, King of Kings concert. We got a lot of cool concert perks. Me and my father recorded a, uh, a single, uh, a promotional single as Odin and Thor singing. 
And um, we won an award for it while I was, you know, finishing the project to get it off the ground. And we did an animated music video for it, uh, as well as uh, the, uh, you know, the promo videos, the wrestling promo videos. So you can go see all the videos on our Indiegogo, and uh, you can buy the book in various forms. We got cool fan packs and uh, some really cool uh, concert exclusives for the uh, the gig at, on the 21st of July at the Whiskey Go Go. And actually, I, a cool announcement. You know, that's for, you're the first for people to know because I haven't been able to make a post today. Um, we're going to be doing. Um, we're going to be uh, basically previewing uh, my father's new album for the love of metal uh, during the meet and greet and then before the show starts. Um, you know, uh, and then you know, songs throughout the night. Uh, we'll, we'll be playing his new. He'll be playing his new single live that night too. And then, uh, and then also, he and I are going to sing together on that song that we won the award for for King of Kings and uh, sing that for the first time. So it's going to be a fun time. We got a, a big, like it's going to be a big party. It's going to be our kind of celebration to wrap all this up. And uh, and yeah, please uh, check out the um, the Indiegogo and uh, and back us and uh, tell anybody who you think can uh, take a joke about religion and has been waiting for this, uh, this shit said. That's awesome. And I, and I was looking at this concert, and but you know, that's so great that you're going to be doing, because I'm we're looking forward to Dee's uh, solo album coming out, and it's going to be great. Yeah, and it's, and, and you, you, you got some other uh, you got some other friends coming out for this. Ira Black from Wasp is going to be there. You got Andre Holmes, Rachel Lauren, Cherokee Fortune. This is going to be, this is the Whiskey on July uh, 21st, so um, check that out right now. You can get tickets right now, only 25 bucks. What a not, I mean, that just that's going to be an insane. I mean, Ira Black, one of the one of my favorite guitarists. You got some great uh, great lineup here. It's going to be fun, man. How cool is that? Oh yeah, he's one of my best friends. I mean, it's really it's really a fun night. My uh, Andre Padre uh, is uh, my songwriting partner. He and I have a uh, a little. Uh, uh, production company called uh, The Good Shepherds and uh, we're producing some stuff for Rachel Lauren uh, and her new album and uh, we're producing some stuff for uh, for Cherokee Fortune and uh, and they're two of my favorite you know LA vocalists even though Rachel's in uh, New York but she's out here a bunch and uh, so I had to get them down and then Ira's one of my best friends and you know Ira's playing with freaking Dokken right now and Morbid Angel uh, and uh, I just I love him he's one of the greatest guitarists in fucking rock uh, so, uh, so I had to, I had to bring in my peeps and, uh, and make it a party. So we may, we make a, we may make a few more, a little announcements here, there. I mean, we already are doing a lot. My, my friends, Fall of Silence, uh, who are backing me up as my backing band, um, and, uh, they're opening up the show. They're a killer metal band. Uh, their singer Walter just wails. And, uh, and we're doing a really cool, um, uh, like video pre-show for my previous project, Blacklight District, which just came out from Image Comics last year. We got a lot of acclaim. It was the first comic book uh, music project of its kind. It was a, a six-track EP and um, and six comic books, all by some of my favorite uh, creators like Jason Pearson and Phil Hester, Eric Larson, J.K. Woodward, Chris Burnham. Really like like dream team of people and then like some people that I love that like people don't know and um and we got a lot of acclaim and it's actually free right now you can check it out too on um on uh, the Blacklight District website, uh, www.blacklightdistrict.co. And uh, you can listen and, uh, and read the comics. But like through the Indiegogo, if you help us reach our different, um, our different uh, goals, um, we want to do a, a, a free print run of uh, Blacklight District to give to everybody, um, as well as a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So, uh, so get over to the Indiegogo and check it out. I mean, really, uh, this is just a seven-year labor, labor of love, and uh, it's really, really well done. If, if the concept piques your interest at all, uh, I think you'll really like what we have to offer. Uh, it's very cool, man. Absolutely. And go to jesseblaze.com. You can get, there's a link to the Indiegogo right there on your website, jesseblaze.com. And I want to get in to your rock career a little bit, because going back to me, I kind of became familiar with you from the, from the show uh, Rock the Cradle, which was awesome. And I, there was something funny about that show, because I went back and watched some of the clips, and I realized you were you were trying to do kind of a, a ballad, a slowed down version of We're Not Going to Take It by Twisted Sister. And, and your dad, Dee Snyder, was, was kind of kind of iffy about it. And then he went and did the same thing himself and it was awesome uh, a year ago he did the he his, ver, his version was amazing too and you're that's what you were trying to do it 10 years ago that's so funny well you know what the really funny thing about that is um that wasn't really true uh, i mean like it was true but that that i was doing that but their reactions weren't true the first person i called when i had the idea because you know we, we did the fake out you know we did like 30 seconds of like an acoustic right and, and then pumped we, it in yeah we, we, over to um, you know to a rock a rock version. So I called my dad. I said, "Hey, I got this idea." I'm like, you know, they're like 
they're trying to paint me in this corner with Crosby and like, you know, being like against them or whatever. I'm like, let's pretend like we're going to do an acoustic version of we're not going to take it. And then like, I'll switch it into a rock version. You know, and he was like, yeah, like me and mom could pretend like they're like, you know, we don't know what you're doing. Like, we think it's a big mistake. And it'll be a, you know, big surprise on the show. And, I, and we were like, oh, fucking hey, awesome. So, I mean, like, we weren't really playing fair. <laughs> we, you know, I, 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 I knew, like, going in every week what we were doing. It was a bummer that the show didn't, like, do do better. Um, you know, uh, it's, um, you know, we I got a lot of accolades from it, you know, in the end. Uh, you know, I, I didn't win. I think it's probably for the best. Um, I didn't didn't really want a record deal with Jive Records anyway. Um, but, um, you know, but, uh, you know, that was like, that was a weird turning point for me. Um, I, I had a really strange thing happen. You know, I, I was in a very aggressive punk metal band uh, called Baptized by Fire. We've got a song called Juggernaut that has survived in commercials and uh, as the theme song for uh, the movie Crypt, uh, which is a podcast with Joe Lynch and Adam Green. So, uh, you know, we were doing cool stuff, but we were coming up in a time in the music business when everybody was getting dropped from their labels and anything that wasn't like a safe bet, um, you know, was, wasn't really considered. And we weren't really a safe bet. We were really sloppy, not sloppy, but like, you know, freaking dirty metal bands. Sure. Um, and, uh, and I had a very strange thing happen with Rock the Cradle. Everybody saw me on the show, and the more superficial-minded people looked at me, and they went, this guy's handsome. I bet I can sell him to Middle America, and, uh, you know, he'll be the next Bon Jovi. And then they came down to my show, and I, you know, I, I did, I mean, I was very specific how I looked at my show, my moral victory party after we finished Rock the Cradle. And I invited every single connection who I knew was, like, interested in me. And I had liberty spikes and shirtless, you know, nipple piercings or whatever. Like, you know, I was like, fuck. I was an animal. I was in really good shape, too. And I played with my metal band, and, you know, we brought the house down, and we sang Fuck You, one of our friggin', you know, one of our songs we were known for, and so many other friggin' raucous tunes. And every person in that audience who was there, who had viewed me as, like, in a Bon Jovi investment, sort of just, like, stood there with their mouths open and went, I may have been mistaken, you know? And then when I went to everybody, like, afterwards, and I was like, so what do we think, you know, kind of thing, they just all kind of went, oh, it, it was good. But it wasn't what they were expecting. Sure. It, was, it wasn't what they had in mind, and they didn't know exactly how to, like, what they were going to do to pitch this or whatever. So, like, everything kind of, like, as like you know people were just kind of trying to wrap their head around what I actually was to what I kind of maybe appeared as doing a bunch of cover songs yeah, I'm a songwriter you know I used to write fucking you know really heavy metal punk songs you know now I write a freaking slew of shit because I mean after that experience I got really pissed off because it was just such a middling you know it would, it would have been one thing if people were like I hate this jet you got to change what you're doing but nobody did that everybody just kind of went oh you're a bit different than I thought you were yeah no this is cool <laughs> yeah. and it just didn't go anywhere and I was just like fuck man I, I, like, I, I hate a middle of the road reaction I'm just like you know like I'm not in it for that that's like that really just like ticked me off so I kind of set out to just write with everybody that I could and to prove that, like, I could do anything. And, um, you know, what I had chosen to do was kind of simplistic, you know, punk metal stuff, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, they, they can't appreciate, you know, what I was trying to do, but they'll see once I freaking write every single genre under the sun and, you know, demonstrate my ability. So basically that's what I did. And I did, like, a lot of placements for, you know, six six, seven years, like, yeah, I was on Monday Night Football with my song Promised Land and uh, NASCAR with Crank It Up and uh, Alive and the movie Reach Me, and they were using that to promote that on the trailers on TV. And, you know, we just had, you know, song after song after song, you know, they were getting licensed. And, I mean, it's a lot of work to freaking get these things licensed, and they don't pay, like, huge, and it's not like, you know, getting your, your, your album, you know, to a label and, like, getting it promoted. But for me, you know, I, I'm a songwriter first and foremost, and I wanted to do it, you know, kind of as a worker man writing songs. So, uh, you know, it all culminated pretty nice with me winning that award, uh, you know, for that song that I recorded with my pops. And, um, you know, and now I've just been, you know, producing other people 
while I work on, you know, bringing my own stuff forward. And uh, at the gig on the 21st, I think I'm actually going to be uh, releasing uh, like a little double single, um, you know, at the same time. I have a song called Knockout that I'm sitting on, and uh, it's a really good one. So I'll be putting something out. Uh, again soon, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's basically what happened to me. I like I went underground and became a songwriter and like wrote my ass off, and now I'm like planning my breakout. Absolutely, and that's kind of what I, my my follow up question was going to be because uh, to me, and I you know this is coming from someone that's uh, as, as big a fan of Twisted Sisters as you'll ever find. I was at Twisted Sisters last ever show in America in South Dakota. I've always felt that that Dee Snyder is probably um, one of the top five greatest rock frontmen of all time. And you possess a lot of that natural ability. You could see it. I mean, in things you've done and in the music you've done, where do you see your, your musical career kind of going from here, especially with all this other stuff you're doing? I know you've had a lot of, a lot of things that you've done that maybe people don't even know about. You mentioned Monday night football and the movie reach me and things like that. Like where, where do you see it going from here? Well, um, I've got a lot of plans, but, um, a lot of them are secret. Um, Fair enough. My main, <laughs> my main plan is to produce other people. Um, you know, I'm really prolific. I, I write, I mean, I'm sitting on like 500 killer hooks. I, I tend to write the hook and then I'll move on just so that I can collaborate on the rest of whatever it might be with the people I'm working with. But, um, you know, I, I've been sitting on things for so long, I, I haven't had the ability to move forward very quickly. But I finally, you know, have found all the relationships that I needed to um, to be able to just kind of start moving forward uh, without a budget and uh, and just produce people and produce music and get things done. So um, so I'm starting to get a real um, bit of wind underneath me in what I can get done on my own. Where over the past like decade, I'd always been at people's mercy uh, or you know having to pay money like everybody else to. Um, you know, to uh, get things done. But uh, as I've empowered myself to help other people, you know, I've empowered myself to help myself. So I'm like, I'm gearing up for a little like uh, writing uh, retreat with uh, one of my producers uh, for a month where he and I are planning to bang out like two albums. Uh, the, what will actually be done with those and what you guys will end up seeing, uh, you know, I can't really talk about because I have kind of, a, kind of an interesting plan. Uh, but sure. um, but yeah, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm prolific, and I'm not going away, and I'm just going to keep on doing this until people go, oh wait a second, so and so has made music, and it's very good. Look at this. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, my plan is to uh, you know is to change the world, save the world. Uh, you know, that's why I make music. You know, I said at the beginning, you know, I, I have a lot of health uh, problems. Uh, I got hit by a car when I was 11. I damaged my brain pretty good and uh, uh, damaged my body. Didn't really do much about it. Didn't really know the extent of the damage until very recently. Uh, over the past, like, six years, I, like, I came to, like, excruciating pain in my body. Uh, I had a lot of things come to head in relationships and just sort of problems that I have in my brain. You know, there's certain things that I can do really well, uh, which is like the hard thing, you know, things that people, other people have difficulty doing, you know, like I hope that I can do it. Uh, but like little things sometimes are really hard for me. And uh, I have been uh, suffering, you know, with body pain for a long time now and uh, dealing with, you know, brain problems, you know, not even knowing that I was having brain sure. problems. Uh, you know, unable to get over the shit. And I really believe that, you know, the only reason why I suffered this way is so that I could be of use to the world and that I could have something to say that would be worth people's time and that I could bring them information and wisdom that they could actually use. And if I couldn't do any of that, what would be the point of me trying to be a musician anyway and try to tell stories and, you know, I needed to suffer and I need to learn these things so that I could bring messages and, and wisdom to people. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to save the world in a hell of a lot more ways than just music and writing. But, uh, you know, but that's always been my goal. You know, when I was a kid, my dad was a rock star and um, I wasn't. And uh, you really feel that uh, if your father's recognizable and people or, or, or mother or whatever and, and you get... Uh, 
you get a few instances of people being very enthusiastic about your parent and having absolutely no interest in you. And it just puts a real bit of smallness within you. You know, my dad had it. He thought he got that back. And then I kind of got it even more so just, you know, being beside a rock god. Uh, and, um, you know, you got to be able to take all of these things, you know, and put into something so that it's all worth it. You know, the Muppets, for me, was a saving grace. You know, these idiots who couldn't get anything right, you know, they made me feel like I wasn't as bad as them and I could get it right. And, you know, that was like my love with art and wanting to entertain people and, and make people's life better with art. And, uh, you know, I've been like forever trying to basically, you know, settle the scales for all the people who have inspired me, starting with my father and Jim Henson and Gene Roddenberry and comic creators and filmmakers and all these different people. So, uh, you know, for, for me, it's all about uh, changing the world and making it a better place and taking the pain that I've experienced and uh, putting it to good use. So I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, I think uh, slowly but surely people are are figuring out <laughs> that and they're finding me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy if it's, you know, one person at a time who really gets it and uh, take my uh, one and my ten and my hundred and my thousand and my ten thousand and before you know it, who knows where I'll be. You're, you're not going away. You might as well get on board. I tell you what, jesseblaze.com. That is the website where you can get all the info on, on the graphic novel King of Kings. We we, look, we so look forward to it. Please go to the Indiegogo and uh, contribute. Jesse, I tell you what, man, cannot thank you enough. Uh, you, you, you have this uh, kind of inherent spirit about you that I, you just see so many great things in, and, and a lot of people saw it from, from a long time ago, and now you're still uh, forging a path in many different ways, and I think that's awesome, man. So let's keep in touch. Best of luck with this project, man, and uh, when it's done, we'll be sure to get, help get the press release out, get everything out we can to help you out, man. So please keep in touch, and uh, best of luck, my friend. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was great. And thank you to all you guys who, uh, who go check out uh, the Indiegogo for King of Kings. Love and respect. Absolutely. See you, Jesse. Thanks so much. Well, we can't thank both guests enough, uh, Jesse Blaze Snyder and uh, Joel Hoekstra from White Snake for joining us. Uh, what a show this has been. It's been a pleasure to have both of them on, and it's just the start of the summer for the Music Mania podcast. we got so much more coming up, so many shows to attend. You can check out all of uh, my concert reviews on our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. Also have all the shows archived, so you've got uh, shows dating back uh, uh, several years. All there. All the interviews I've ever done are there, archived on the website for free. Um, always appreciate you subscribing on YouTube and on iTunes. And if you don't have uh, an, an iPhone, you can get the Double Pod app on Android, which has all the iTunes podcasts. So please do that. We always appreciate you subscribing and, and reviewing the show. It's what keeps us going and what keeps us, uh, you know, um, intuitive with the numbers. So hope you guys are having a great summer so far. Enjoying your buddies, enjoying the outdoors, enjoying some live shows, hopefully enjoying some vacations. Keeping safe, keeping happy, that's what it's all about uh, as we approach, you know, the uh, the 4th of July holiday and all that's going to be going on with that. Uh, I'm going to be on the road for a lot of this summer, covering shows, going to concerts, is what I do during the summer. And then uh, this fall, I'm going to be going out on a three-month documentary shoot for a college football documentary I'm working on called Saturday Supremacy. So, got a lot going on myself. It's always a pleasure bringing you this show each and every week uh, for free, and uh, we just enjoy having you guys uh, send us messages send us uh, all your feedback please do that at musicmania underscore show on twitter we will always uh, get back to you if you have a show, uh, idea for a guest or uh, have a concert review or uh, pictures you want us to post on our website we'll be glad to do that as well so once again thanks to our guests jesse blaze snyder and joel hoekstra from white snake it has been a true pleasure joining us next week i've taken an interview it's on it's happening Ricky Rocket from Poison will be joining us next week uh, to talk about the Poison Tour. Much more, all good things, right here on the Music Mania Podcast. <laughs>